Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back for another video. So it's a very special video today. For the first time ever on the channel, we have a guest and it's uh, not just any guest. We've got Mark McGeskin here. You might know as the FPL general. Uh, he's got three finishes inside the top 500, including uh, 10K last season. Uh, I've rounded that down for you, Mark. I think it was 10.1K, um, but it sounds better, 10K. We'll call it a 10K. Yeah, so it's good to have you here, Mark. Um, I was saying off air to Mark that before I was doing YouTube, I used to listen to his athletic podcast religiously on my commute to the office. So um, really, really cool to get to chat to you, Mark. So thanks for being here. How are we doing? Are you back in the groove of FPL yet? Trying to resist getting back into it. Just uh, still still three weeks to go. Uh, before I before I get into it, I want to say thanks for having me on as well. I didn't I've been watching a lot of your stuff on YouTube. You know, you're absolutely smashing it on social media as well. I didn't realise this was the first actual guest. So very privileged to be the first one and, and hopefully we'll see a few more on the channel as well. So great to see more people like yourself going full time FPL as well. So hopefully we'll, we'll get a few more joining the small click over the next course of the next season as well. So yeah, it's been been enjoying the downtime and like I said I, I deliberately try not to spend too much time on the FPL website which doesn't make much sense when it's your full-time job but I, I just <laughs> I don't like to over tinker I, I, I basically put a draft together for this stream that was the first one since the auto pick so it's very much just kind of absorbing information you know reading articles seeing what's happening in pre-season and I'm going to try as much as I can until four or five days before kickoff. That's when the real, you know, tinkering will start, and right. I'll have have everyone in my team at some point. I'm sure over those four or five days. It's great to hear that you watch some of my stuff. So I appreciate that as well, Mark. And uh, yeah, I agree. It's really cool to see uh, lots of new channels popping up throughout the preseason. And if anyone's on the fence about it, I do suggest just jump in and give it a go. Um, treat it as a hobby, but you never know. Um, a year ago, I didn't think anyone would be. Uh, would care about what I've got to say, and here I am doing YouTube as my full-time job now. So, uh, anyway, yeah, exactly. Uh, if you're if you're on. passionate about it, you gotta you gotta just go for it. You know, like I like what you said. Treat it treat it as a hobby. Hobby. If you, if you go in with that approach, you never know what will happen. And you know, doors open. So yeah, if if you if you're very passionate about FPL, you know, go for it. YouTube, podcasting, writing articles, just just get stuck in because it is it's such a great community. Yeah. So great to have you here, Mark. Obviously, you're here today to share your uh, current FPL draft. And I have to say, when um, I asked you to come on, I feared for the worst that you might have a very template team because I made a video uh, a week or so ago and the template is really strong this season. Obviously, a few players have come in cheaper than we expected. Um, the defence looks irresistible. But you delivered and uh, you've got a draft here that I actually really like and it's very different to uh, many I've seen. So maybe um, 
where do we start? Uh, one thing that stood out to me is you've got three premiums here, which I thought was very interesting because uh, the template's two. Uh, did you want to talk through some of your picks in your current draft? Yeah, so obviously I think Salah Haaland is extremely popular. You mentioned template there and, and things like ownership. It's something I try and swear again as much as possible. I try not to let ownership come into my thinking. It is hard nowadays because it's plastered over everywhere. You, you know, you listen to podcasts and watch YouTube videos and stuff. But even even little things on Twitter recently, I've muted the word template, muted the word ownership, effective ownership. But it still creeps up from time to time. But I try essentially just to kind of simplify FPL and just try and zone in on the players I like, whether they've got 5% ownership or, you know, 55% ownership. And that's in the back of my mind. I think Haaland, obviously, one of the best players in the world, joining one of the best teams in the world. It is a bit of a no-brainer, but part of me also, you know, really likes Harry Kane. Harry Kane's not in this draft, but part of me is tempted to go without Haaland to begin with and go Kane and, and, and maybe even Captain Kane game week one because of the I just think Southampton defensively is such a good fixture for for attackers. So this draft, it's, I think I've got Vardy up front, That's uh, right. just yeah. a little bit cheaper than Kane. Again, just had such so many good times with Vardy, especially in early weeks of seasons. Had him a couple of seasons ago instead of Timo Werner, and I just I think with the prices you can you can get away with it. You know, you've got even with Salah, Haaland, and Vardy in this one, you still got a big defense. You know, you've got double Liverpool defense with Trent Robertson, managed to have double City as well with Ederson and Cancelo. And even then, you still got a few decent 6.5 midfielders. I've got Rashford in there. He scored again today, just to, you know, it's probably going to add another 5% to his ownership. <laughs> and Ward Price is, is in there as well. So yeah, that's just kind of, like I said, it's very early. I haven't really done any deep tinkering. It's a, it's, it's, it's a quick draft, but it's, I think some of these players do have a very good chance of, of staying there come, come game week one. Yeah, and no Spurs is an interesting one because obviously last season both uh, Son and Kane were really impressive, and you know it's arguably the best game week one fixture. Uh, maybe Liverpool way to Fulham as well, but Southampton at home, you can easily see Son or Kane hauling in that one. But most of us are overlooking them, and obviously it's Salah and Haaland the two most popular picks. And it is a gamble, you know, you bet against Haaland uh, with his ownership. What if he starts off with a flyer? You know, and Southampton pull off an upset. So there is that side to it, but it's interesting that you say you don't pay too much attention to ownership. Um, but yeah, the other yeah, thing I that think, left up, gone. Yeah, sorry, sorry, just just on on the ownership again. It's it, straight away those of us who are are tempted not to get Haaland, you've got the, the FOMO already. You, like you said, what if he gets off to a flyer? But I try I try not to let that come into my thinking too much. You know, you can look at it another way. What if he, what if he's a little bit slow to start? It, it is a new league. What if Pep? You know, rotates him a bit more than we expect in the first few game weeks. And going back to Tottenham, the thing I don't like about this draft most is that there's no Tottenham players. You know, Perisic is popular. I think he's, he could be a, a great asset. Son hurt me so much last season. You know, I finished one point outside the top 10k. I think if I owned Son for one extra game week than I did at, at any point, I probably would have got the top 10k. Uh, but yeah, Kane and Son, it. It's not just the first fixture against Southampton. I think the first four, five, six games are really good for Spurs. Just really like what Conte's doing in the transfer market. I expect them to start strong, especially when you see those pictures of their their preseason training and guys getting sick inside the pitch and all that. So then you're going to come out of the block strong game week one before before Champions League and stuff kicks in. So I think by the time we get to game week one, there'll be at least one Tottenham player in my team. 
um, maybe even two. You know, Kane, Kane up front has uh, probably got the best chance, and, and Perisic might make an appearance in defence as well. I was hoping Doherty would be the only right wing back, but it looks like Jed Spence is on his way. So, right. yeah. but even still, Doherty first three or four weeks might be okay. So that's that's on my mind as well. But yeah, certainly, I, I certainly want to get a Tottenham attacker in for that Southampton fixture game week one. And whether it's, it's just a question, is it Salah, Haaland and Kane? Or, you know, you know, replacing Vardy with Kane? Or do you be brave and go without Haaland for a few weeks with an early wildcard like me anyway? So that's what I need to chew on for the next next three weeks. Yeah, it's a, it's a tricky one because obviously if you do end up going Son uh, over Kane, then you're going to be pairing him up with Salah. I presume Salah is an absolute lock for you. So it's that other thing where it kind of... Um, Gives you less flexibility if you did want to switch to a, a Haaland or, you know, if Sun wasn't delivering and Kane was, that sort of thing. You're looking at at least two moves to get there. Um, one thing that was also interesting to me is obviously Diaz is a really popular pick among the eight mil forwards. Um, right now, I think he's the most owned of the eight mil forwards. It's interesting this season, there's a lot of eight mil, for, uh, sorry, eight mil midfielders, not forwards. Uh, we've got about seven of them and they're all like quite a convenient price point, you know, where you could potentially hop between them. But you've gone for the double up with Robertson over Diaz. What was the thinking behind that? Yeah, I just I just absolutely love Robertson in, in FPL. I love him as a player and I love him in FPL. So I, I think I'm going to find it quite hard to go without him. Game week one out. Trent and Salah are definite. You know, they, they're probably the only two in the team that are definitely not going anywhere. Uh, and then it's Diego Diaz in midfield or Diego Robertson uh, for the double up and, and I'm undecided because I do think Diaz is a fantastic price watched the Manchester United Liverpool friendly a couple of days ago and I thought he looked really sharp first half as well so you know past the eye test and it, he could just make a mockery of the price tag but I think for me again I try and you know a couple of things I try and do I try not to let ownership come into my thinking too much and I also just try and hone in on players that I really like, really like watching. You know, I've had good times with them in FPL before. And Robertson is one of those players. I had him you know, for the you know, final quarter of last season and he was just amazing. You know what I mean? He was, I had him with Trent, but, but having both of those guys was was really good for me. In terms of the the 8 million midfielders, it's I think it's one of the trickiest positions because there's, there's lots of good options. You know, Saka, Kulisevsky, Mason Mount. But... It, Part of me thinks too, part of me is thinking, I think it might be a good season to leave 0 0.5 in the bank in game week one, because if you go for, let's say you go for a Luis Diaz, let's say, let's say he picks up a, a hamstring injury game week one, and you want to move to the other 8 million midfielder who has scored a brace in game week one very quickly, you know, Saturday right. night, yeah. they're going to be 8.1. If you don't have that cash, you can't make the switch. So I think you either, you leave your 0.5 in the bank for that, flexibility if you're going for an 8 million midfielder then the other option is do you just plug in Jared Bowen even though the fixture is not great the first one I think it's I think it's Liverpool um, but again you're just going for the more expensive player in that position if if you go Bowen the first few weeks if he you know if he continues to do what he did last season he could be a good asset at 8.5 but if he doesn't then you've got all your your eight million guys so that's that's something I think we, we need to think about as well but yeah, yeah I think when it comes to the eight million guys, I, I do I do like Diaz most, so I'm not going to rule out going for him over Robertson. You know, once game okay, one gets so he's your closer. Yeah, yeah, and obviously he comes in 0.5 mil more, but it's a good point. There's no reason why Bowen doesn't start well. Um, it's Man City; they host game week one. Yeah. I think last season they scored in um, all or maybe all but one home game, so there's no reason why Bowen couldn't get something there. 
uh, you know, become a great option beyond that. And that obviously that 0.5 mil on the bank could come in handy as well. It was something I did last season. I started the season with uh, 0.5 mil, which I've never done before. Um, and ended up being crucial for me to make a few moves that otherwise I wouldn't have been able to. Um, I think uh, I ended up picking up Jota uh, when I otherwise wouldn't have been able to. So um, yeah, it's an interesting one. I'm definitely open to doing the same again. Um, just a notch below the eight mil mids is uh, obviously the Man United mids. Um, obviously there's Bruno Fernandes for 10 as well. You've got Rashford in your draft. Um, what are your thoughts on Man United this season after their price cuts? Um, Rashford in particular, he had the biggest price cut in the game, three mil down on last season. Do you think there's value there? Absolutely, yeah. I think there's going to be value, I think, in all positions at Manchester United. Just the question is, is it going to be in the early weeks or are we going to have to wait a few weeks for that to happen? I'm, I'm definitely open to a punt in game week one. And, and Rashford's the one that stands out to me. It's just price because, I mean, three million of a drop is is crazy. Um, that could end up being a mistake by FPL Towers. If he, you know, he's saying all the right things in preseason as well. He's feeling refreshed. He's looking forward to a fresh start. He's, he's got a couple of goals already in preseason. And if Ronaldo goes, you know, less rotation, uh, for him as well in that attack if we don't if we don't sign anyone. So very much open to a Rashford. I think Sancho's looked really sharp in these preseason games as well. We know he is a, a world-class player, but we haven't really seen it at Old Trafford yet. And even Bruno at 10, you know, a couple of seasons ago, he's a 12, 12.5 player scoring, you know, 250 points. Right. Yeah. If Ronaldo goes, gets the penalties back, Bruno could be back, um, back on the radar. I've actually ordered one of those display posters you can get for the wall behind me it's it's going to be Bruno Fernandes it's arriving in a couple of days really? time. so I'm yeah. hopeful I'm hopeful <laughs> that it's, he's going to have a have a big season and if he's going to be on the wall behind me all year I'm probably going to have to own him at some point Elastic. so yeah, yeah I think yeah I think you avoid the De Gea you avoid the defenders to begin with there's loads of better better defenses out there but certainly the attackers are and I, and I think you can take a punt on one of them game week one I don't think you get more than one Manchester United player but certainly with those prices, they they're enablers as well. You know, if you want to go Salah, Haaland, these big guys, Kane, Rashford just works. Exactly. Yeah, and I think Martial is an interesting one. Seven mil. Um, obviously, it was kind of the forgotten man last season. Went away on loan, but yeah, he's he's on my watch list as well. Um, he has a good preseason. He could even make his way into my gimmick one draft, especially because there's such a lack of cheap forwards. You know, most of us have got uh, Jesus. I think after Haaland. He's the second most owned forward. Um, but yeah, I think Martial could be a, an interesting one as well. Um, so one thing I did want to ask you, do you have uh, any particular wildcard plan or do you kind of just wait till you get to the point uh, where your team requires it? Last couple of seasons, I've always gone in just with an open mind. I don't like going in and saying, right, I'm going to wildcard first international break because we, we just don't know what's going to happen. You know, your, your, your game week one team could be brilliant or it could be absolutely rubbish and you could be, you know, missing 10 important players and then you need to wildcard early. So just go, I'll go in with an open mind. I do think this season though, it's very different. You've got the World Cup, you've got the unlimited right. transfers between 16 and 17. So I think we're going to see lots and lots of managers wildcard early. I just think it yeah. makes sense because yeah. game week one, we've got zero information on the season. Come game week two, game week three, we've got an awful lot more information. And then I think around game week four, game week five, when Champions League kicks in, you know, it might be a time where people move away from the you know rotation risk Champions League, Europa League teams and maybe go for the you know, steady eddies from teams like Leicester and stuff like that. So, yeah, I think I'm going in with an open mind, but 
I can see myself already wildcarding game week three, game week four. Yeah, that was the point I wanted to make. It's, um, it feels like we've said it for the last few seasons in a row now, but there's um, no season quite like this one either, because like you say, we've got the, the World Cup uh, more or less down the middle of this season. I think it's between game week 16 and 17. For anyone that doesn't know, we get unlimited transfers um, over that spell. So in a way, it's a reset for the entire player base. Whereas obviously historically, say you wildcard in the first international break, game week eight or whatever, it could be 20 game weeks or so. And so you're using your second wildcard. So it's a long, long way. Whereas this season, it's almost split up into obviously two halves, but maybe even quarters, because you've got the first quarter before you use your wildcards. You've got that quarter from the wildcard to the, uh, the reset. And then you've got those other two quarters again, same as the first half. So yeah, it's going to be um, interesting to see if the meta if i can use the word will uh change at all in terms of how people approach this season yeah but you're right i, I really, know the wild card might be the one i really like the way it's going to be broken up by the the world cup and the you know the wild card strategy is going to be different this season because i think it gives you the opportunity to be a lot more aggressive you, there's going to be a strong template game week one there always is but because most people are likely to wild card early anyway you know it's, it gives you the opportunity just if, if you want if, you, if you're brave it could be, you know, it could set you up for the best season you've ever had. If you go against the, the highly owned players game week, let's even just say the first three game weeks or first two game weeks, and we know anything can happen in a, in a short space of time. If, if you go against those highly owned guys, and if your guys do the business and the likes of your Haalands are a little bit slow to start, um, you know, you could be you could be in the top top 10K early doors, you know, if, right. if, you, if you're willing to take that chance. And if I think, I think it's... You know, people often say, you know, stick with a pack, early doors and take your risks later in the season. But maybe this season, you know, why not take your risks at the beginning? You maybe that's it's a it's a low risk time to do it. If it doesn't work out yep. first three game weeks, you've got thirty-five weeks to 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 chip away at it and, and you'll still probably end up with a respectable rank. So I think people should be thinking that way as well. You know, maybe we can be a bit more aggressive game week one because we're probably gonna wild card early. Yeah, that's really good advice. So you mentioned ten K there. Uh what's your season targets for uh, this season? If you have one at all i always try not to get obsessed about rank but i feel every season so it was the same last season i was on livefpl.net during games three or four times on a saturday looking at live rank and it's pointless it really is pointless live fpl it's, it's such a fantastic website it's too good because it sucks you in like a it drug is, yeah. and you need to see your your live rank and um, so I finished one point outside the top 10K, which I think might end up being the best thing that ever happened to me because it makes me realize it doesn't really matter because I was absolutely delighted to finish, I think it was like 10,400 and whatever. Mm. Brilliant rank when there's 9 million teams. Of course, if yeah. you offered me that yeah. right now again for this season, I'll take 10,200 if you offered me. So my goal this season is, my goal this season is to not have a rank goal. And that's gonna be a challenge, but it's basically just to try and just play with a bit more freedom. Yeah. You know, you know, t take off those shackles of, of, oh, I need to get a good rank, I'm a content creator, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Play with more freedom. Like yeah. I said, this season is, I think it's, it's perfect for a bit of experimentation, you know, maybe playing a little bit more aggressively than you usually would, which will be hard for me because I'm a very patient kind of, manager i've played the same way for years and years and it's quite effective but I, I do want to try and be a little bit more more aggressive so i'm, I'm doing all them things and try not to look at ownership 
you know, I'm not looking at the template team as much as possible. And I just want to hone in on, on picks I like. And I'm probably just going to really try and attack fixtures for the first three or four weeks and not really worry about, you know, how many people own this player, this guy's a differential. Just just try and attack the fixtures and then, then probably wildcard early. So yeah, going to try, stay away from live rank websites this season. I'm glad you said that though. And, uh, I'm glad I'm not the only one that did that a lot last season. But yeah, it's one of those, you check your rank and uh, you might be on a green arrow and then something happens, the clean shit gets wiped, you hit refresh and suddenly you're on a red. Uh, so yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm the same. I'm going to consciously make an effort to um, wait until the games have been played, uh, you know, before. But it's interesting as well that you talk about the pressure there. Maybe this isn't very relatable for um, those watching, but obviously when you're making content and, um, you know, you've got that, you're constantly putting out content for uh, your followers and so on, there is a bit of pressure there. And last season, um, I had uh, much less of a following and you talked about experimentation and I ended up using a bench boost um, outside of a double for the first time ever because I thought there was an opportunity there and there was no pressure really because I hadn't have much of a following and it came off and it was a green arrow at the time from 300 to second uh, overall. Um, and I'm hoping I can play without that pressure again. But yeah, it's an interesting point you make there about the pressure. Uh, definitely something I'll be thinking about. Yeah, certainly, you know, people like myself and yourself, when you are putting yourself out there, you know, when you're putting your team out there every week, there's 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 a lot of there's a lot of eyes on it. And there's a lot of people, there's a lot of piranhas just waiting for you to fail as well. You know, people exactly, people yeah. love to see the content creators yeah. have a terrible season or have a terrible game week. So yeah, it does, it definitely does add pressure. If you're doing a podcast. You know, I always find, my, you know, I'll usually put my podcast out maybe on a Monday or a Tuesday and you'll, you know, you'll say a lot of stuff in the podcast and when it gets to Friday, sometimes you're thinking, right, do, I, I kind of need to stick with what I said on Tuesday because people have listened to it, but, but I want to do something different now. But things change, things change over the course of a week. But I, I think I've always been good at that. You know, I, I'll often say things on a Tuesday, I'm most likely to buy this player, I'm most likely to captain this player. But then if it comes to Friday night and there's new information or, or I, my opinion has changed, I'll quite happily just go against what I said on the podcast, and yeah, like at the end of the day, you know, it, it is my team, and you've got to you've got to do what's right for you. But it's there's certainly a there's certainly a challenge that comes with uh, being a content creator, and it's you just got to try and try and manage it as best you can. So, uh, who's winning the league this season? Yeah, I don't think it'll be Manchester United anyway. So, no. I think I, I think it'll be uh, pains pains me to say it, but I think it'll be Man City again. I think if you're winning the league already and then you add Haaland I mean who can who can stop that train so right. I think Liverpool will run, run them close again but interesting to see how they yeah I think Manny's Manny's a huge a huge loss to them so it'll be interesting mm -hmm. to see how they you know manage without it. I'm sure they'll be fine made some really good signings looking forward to seeing the new guys um, I do think Luis Diaz will have a big season but yeah Manchester City for me I think yeah interesting on the subject of Man City obviously they've sold a, a fair few players this window, even strengthened rivals. We didn't get a chance to talk about Sterling. Obviously, there is the uh, tier of premiums just below the big hitters, like the Sterlings, the Vardy, uh, the Bruno Fernandes. What do you think about Sterling at Chelsea? Do you think he'll become an option or are you not going there? Initially, it doesn't really fill me with too much excitement. Uh, and I think it's probably, he hasn't really been in the FPL, you know, in our FPL team for quite a while now. Maybe that's playing into my thoughts as well. But hopefully, hopefully, you know, a new start for him as well we'll bring him back into our thoughts because all you need to do is go back and look at his FPL history. You know, that guy was getting incredible numbers of goals and assists just a couple of seasons ago. So could be could be amazing at 10 million, but to begin with, for me, I would prefer a Vardy or even a Bruno. If Ronaldo's not going to be featuring, I think I'd rather go Bruno for you know, more of a talisman uh, at Manchester United. Yeah, 
All right. Well, Mark, I won't keep you any longer. I appreciate you coming on. It's been great to chat FPL with you. And uh, thanks for sharing your first draft. Wish you all the best for the new season as well. And obviously, if you guys uh, aren't following Mark, um, it's FPL General uh, on Twitter. And I highly, highly recommend the Athletic Podcast as well. Um, my, still my go-to podcast. So, uh, yeah, Mark, it's a pleasure to chat with you. And I uh, appreciate you coming on. Pleasure's been all mine, mate. Keep up, keep up the good work and, and best of luck for the new season as well. Yeah, you too, mate. I'll do the, uh, the FPL General salute. Cheers, Mark. <laughs> Cheers, mate. Bye-bye. Podcast Network.